you can now hear Movie Heaven Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is ready on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favourite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad and in over 4 million car dashboards. You can stream your favourite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. And please, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related topics. And for this bonus episode, uh, Simon's been good enough to organise a couple of guests for us. So, uh, Simon, do you want to introduce who we've got on the line? Yes, certainly. Uh, We've got uh, a fellow filmmaker and uh, alien fan, uh, ADC. Hi there. It's been a guest before. Nice, nice to have you back. Thank you, mate. <laughs> and uh, from the uh, AVP uh, website, we've got um, Aaron. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Aaron. Yes, and, I, and I'm guessing that uh, <laughs> from those intros, most people will probably know what this is going to be about then. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we have to say right up front that this will involve spoilers. <laughs> well, I think from the description, people will know what it's about. Uh, and as it's as it's a, a, it's a film that's just recently come out. You know, just just to warn you, there will be. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go into this, and uh, so if you don't want the film spoiled, uh, go and you know, go stop us now. Go rush to the cinema, watch it, and then come back and and uh, hear what uh, we have to say about it. But uh, so just want to start off with so um guys um so did you all go and see it uh this weekend yeah i was gonna say i had the fortune of uh, going to the global premiere of it and then caught it again when it came out on last friday yeah last friday yeah how was the premiere uh i'm not really sure to describe it you know I've, i've never done a premiere before um so it was, it was all very rushed, you know, straight down, straight in. All the important people were doing what they were doing. And I can't say I ever really detected any sort of different atmosphere inside, apart from the fact that people clapped after it was done. You know, that's not something we really do in the UK in the cinemas. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw it the Thursday before it opened. So, um, yeah, just sort of 24 hours before it went on general release. Um I went to see it at a local cinema. Um, yeah, that was me. Well, what about yourself, Andy? Well, I've seen it twice now. And okay. The first time I saw it, I was disappointed. But I've, I had a change of heart seeing it a uh, second time around. And in fact, I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Which may wow. But mm, uh, A little higher than me. I got, I got a lot more from it uh, on second viewing. So, um, which surprised me, um, but in, uh, which is great. 
<laughs> well, I I went to see it on uh, on Sunday. I uh, went to sort of a, a local cinema, uh, and uh, yeah, it was um, it was sort of the first screen of the day. Uh, wasn't a packed cinema at all, and uh, I have to say, um, I think the guy who was behind me didn't have a very good time at all. He, uh, you know, he, he I heard a lot of tutting. Okay. Me, I, I laughed in I laughed in a few places where I don't think I was supposed to laugh. I, you know, yeah. I think this I is. I can the only f- guess where you mean. Yeah, I, I, I have to say this. This is the first alien film that uh, made me laugh. So, I, I just yeah. want to say when I sat down and the the twentieth century Fox logo came up, I was kind of like. I was like, oh, I'm sort of feeling a little tension here. This is this is cool. This is what I want from an alien film. I want to, you know, I want to feel a little bit tense. And then it opens with two guys in a white room talking for a bit. And the tension just completely dissolved. And it came back a little bit, but it, it was just never the same. It was just sort of, it was a, I don't know. I guess it's an opening that they, they needed to have to kind of, you know, explain what, the David character was going to be about, but it kind of, it was kind of weird for an, for the opening to an alien film. That's... Yeah. Cause it was like a prequel to Prometheus really, wasn't it? That, mm. that opening sequence, which, uh, which was a sort of a bit bizarre, but uh, yeah, it, it was, but it served to sort of uh, give date, you know, to, to give you an insight into some of uh, David's motivation. And, uh, and I also particularly like that scene because you got to see Wayland, uh, as a younger man, and uh, w- which I think helps with the sort of uh, slightly dodgy um, aging makeup that he had in the first movie. So I was quite, I quite enjoyed that scene, um, and I, I thought the the first act was, was very strong. right up until they actually landed on the planet. I actually thought that part of the film was very strong, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I was with it all the way up until that point. As soon as they stepped off that lander, without any kind of uh, environmental protection or even reference to any of that, maybe why they weren't wearing uh, masks or anything, it, it kind of started losing me from that point. And if only they were, it would have all been okay, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Aaron, you were going to say something. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say because you were saying it didn't feel like the start of an alien film. Mm. And that's because I don't really think, you know, they, they they pushed and pushed and pushed this alien angle. And, you know, um, even after this scene, when the music starts up and Goldsmith's score starts to, his themes start to be uh, used in the score as well, it's pushing this alien thing on you. But really, it's still very much, I think, through and through a Prometheus sequel. Um so you know that that opening sequence is it's it's the themes of the film isn't it you know it's it's this creation aspect that that pushes david you know and it's his whole resentment towards uh, mankind and his creators as well and as much as it's the alienless aspects of alien it's still a prometheus film until i think it forces alien on you and that's when the film lost me right. when it tried to squeeze alien into the last yeah, and no, I'd, I'd, I'd go along with what Aaron's saying, actually. I think the third act, it really fell apart because, you know, two uh, these two films are kind of fighting each other at, at that point. And uh, um, 
I must say I felt a little bit cheated uh, having Shaw uh, killed off in, in the way that she was. Um, and going into this movie, I hadn't watched any of the trailers or I'd read nothing about the film. I'd ignored all the advertising material. So it was going to be as fresh as possible. Because I think with Prometheus, you tended to see too much of the film in the trailers and certainly a lot of the, a lot of the best parts. Um, since watching it, I, I went and I, I watched some of the uh, kind of uh, uh, mini movies that they put out on, on the social media before the film came out, such as the, uh, the Last Supper prologue. <laughs> which I think is just a beautiful scene. And I think it really harms the film by its omission um, because it really sets up uh, the characters and it really tells you a lot about them before, you know, everybody starts getting picked off. Uh, and another scene I, I thought was sorely missed from the film, although it's there in part actually, is, uh, is when uh, Shaw does make an appearance uh, and they arrive at the engineer's homeworld, and, and then David uh, bombs the planet with the uh, with the black goo. Um, and I think the film would have been stronger if that had been kept in as well. Um, and and that may have even eased the transition uh, into the alien aspects of the film a little bit more. But overall, I just felt that the putting the big chap in there, as as we like to call him, I thought that was uh, kind of over-egging it, and you know, it just felt really shoehorned in and. Mm. and uh, re really forced and uh it, it didn't it didn't sit well with me i must say yeah same i have to say i mean my reservation started immediately when i heard the jerry goldsmith score i was like oh it's great to see it but this doesn't really fit with what i'm seeing i mean you yeah. s you just they overdid, didn't they? yeah yeah it was i mean every time the sort of um, alien music or the Prometheus music kicked in, it kind of, it knocked me out of the film a bit. And it was just, I, I was like, why, why is this doing this? I should be a bit more, you know, involved in this, but. Yeah. It doesn't and, have a proper soundtrack yeah. of its own, really, does yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. And why they didn't stick with that, I don't know. But um, I have to say um, the the whole thing with, um, uh, what's his name's um, cameo? Franco. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was that was kind of hilarious because, wow, what's a really badly designed sleep pod that is? The fact that somebody can be burnt alive in it, you know? I mean, he gets incinerated, and then, and then when they do the funeral, I was I was half expecting to see the body sort of, sort of flip, you know, like it did an alien. Yeah. Uh, again, I think this is a, another problem that it's got is the fact that it's uh, it it is kind of the greatest hits of Alien and Aliens. Mm -hmm. With a little bit of general trope in there, I think as well. Yeah. 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 It does I mean, this is this is quite this is quite interesting actually because um, I I avoided everything before seeing this, and <laughs> it's interesting because since I've seen it. I actually haven't spoken to anyone about it and I haven't read any reviews or anything. I just kind of left the cinema feeling the way I did. And, um, you, you know, th this is quite interesting now to hear you guys and some of the things that you seem to have problems with were, were, um, were I guess, kind of similar. I mean, I, I definitely, there were bits of it I enjoyed, but mm. I, I definitely had issues with it. Um, 
I obviously had issues with Prometheus as well. Um, Who didn't? And well, yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, I couldn't make up my mind whether I actually thought this was this was an improvement or not. Um, although I think it was more exciting. I have to say, I I think out the two, I like Prometheus more. I think Prometheus. Well, I'm going to say this because Prometheus kind of, you know, at least it was reaching for something. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at least at least it was sort of, it was that weird thing where you know it was kind of being set in the same universe as um, Alien, and then they threw in an alien at the end which looked like a blue dolphin. Yeah, which actually yeah. I, it made yeah. me laugh when the first time I saw it. I mean, inside, I don't think I was laughing in, in the IMAX cinema, but um, <laughs> but it looked very much like this uh, creature that was used in the film called Aliens versus Ninja. It looked exactly <laughs> the same. I'm like, I, I don't yeah, think right. Ridley's seen that film. If he had, I think he might have changed the design a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as 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 you know from previous podcasts, I was kind of you know, a little bit involved um, in the production for, for Prometheus and um, obviously, you know, saw that there was there was sort of script rewrites and changes going on throughout the actual shooting process. And I think originally it was supposed to be much more of an alien film. And, you know, Ridley took the decision uh, with Damon Lindoff as, as doing the second writing on it to um, to, to sort of move away from that but sort of said it within the same universe and um one, one of the things with, with this which um was this one of these again i've not taken a lot of notice but this actually is one of the rare films that hasn't been released in 3d and stuff is that right this particular one it just came out 2d and that's it is, is that right yeah pretty much yeah. i don't think i've seen it noted anywhere in 3d okay interesting because obviously uh prometheus was so um uh you know it's, it's it's sort of interesting that they went away from that but but one of the other things that was quite interesting like you said about seeing the younger um wayland character character played by guy pierce um you know he was supposed i mean the whole reason for the aging makeup in prometheus was you know he they they did shoot scenes with guy pierce as he is, you know, as a younger man, um, that was supposed to appear in the film. Um, did they actually shoot actually, that? They, they did, yeah, they did. I know they, they wrote it, but I couldn't remember them actually shooting it. I thought it was cut for budget. Uh, no, I, I, think, I think they shot some stuff. I mean, I, I, I actually even did a little bit of standing um, uh, for, for, for Guy Pearce on, on a couple of things, but um, I think they didn't, they didn't shoot everything that was scripted, but apparently I think there was supposed to be this, this like... Um, video dream sequence or something where he's a young man on a on a, on a yacht, luxury yeah. yacht surrounded by loads of beauties and whatever and I, I i don't know whether they shot that because maybe of the budget of you know you know um as far as i know getting they, all those yeah they didn't but they definitely shot something with him as a well, younger they shot, man they shot the ted talk mm. well there was the ted talk yes that's right which is very good it's uh luke's got his son if i'm correct shot there but um he did all the virals for um, covenant as well he did, yeah, yeah. There's a, a Scottish filmmaker, Stephen Hamilton, and, and he, he says something uh, which was stuck with me, which is every movie he believes can benefit from a better edit, or nearly every movie. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And uh, 
and I pl- try to apply it to my own work when you know when I'm making stuff. Um, and I think certainly having seen deleted scenes in Prometheus and some of the omitted scenes from Covenant, I really do believe there are there are two better movies in there. Um, usually, it'd be taking stuff out, editing it down. But I think in in the case of these particular movies, actually putting stuff back in uh, would really help. Because I think yeah. a lot of the time uh, Scott's kind of had his hand forced with these things. And I actually read an interview a couple of days ago where Scott was uh, Fox asked Scott not to include uh, the whole uh, David's monologue about the flashback scene about arriving when they arrive on the engineer's homeworld. Fox didn't want that want that in the movie at all. So obviously he you know he knows when to pick his battles um, because he's still doing it at his age uh, you know at the, at the top level. Um, so I think that's why some of it survived, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd want to keep more in there, but I think his, uh, his hand was, was forced, but certainly having seen that those two scenes in particular, and I'm sure there'll be more on the, on the Blu-ray. Um, I think that they, those two scenes would help the film uh, enormously. And, and the same is true of Prometheus. I mean, there's the, the whole part of the end, which was hacked to pieces in my opinion, when uh, the engineer actually speaks to uh, Mr. Wayland, uh, and that whole scene, the deleted scene, is uh, it plays much better, I think. So um, I think the the irony is is that um, Scott's kind of well known for his director's cuts, and he, he I don't know if he'll do one for this, but he said he wouldn't do one for Prometheus, and I, I think it needs it badly. And uh, I, I think you could uh, really improve both these films uh, and their continuity as well uh, to each other. Um, by including some of that back in. I don't know what you guys think about. I know from watching the Prometheus uh, documentary that he was uh, worried about the pace of it. He wanted it to be quite fastly paced. And 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 both of these films have come under, they're about two hours long. And yet you always feel like there's loads missing from it. And mm. he just, it's this weird thing where I I don't know if it's, it's Scott or the studio. So I was going to say, what's his, what's his editor? Petro, Petro, uh, yeah, Petro Scalia. Yeah, Yeah. he likes to really seem to just hack them down. You know, Mm. keep it around that two-hour mark. It seems to be a lot from him, is what I've read. Mm. It's interesting. If if you look at Avatar, it's a very long film. But when you, when I remember being in the cinema watching it, it flew by. Same with Titanic. They're both long films, Uh, and obviously Cameron just kind of does what, what he wants with those things. Maybe he's got a little bit more uh, t- to play with as far as uh, the film company is concerned. But um, yeah, they, they you, I think you said it perfectly, Simon. They, they feel like they're, they're missing something mm. when you see them. And, uh, I don't, have you seen the uh, the other scene, Simon? Uh, what, from uh, Covenant? Yeah, the, especially uh, the uh, yes, last scene. Yeah. Frank pictures in that a little bit more. Yes, yeah. He sort of, he has a sniffle and goes to bed early. Which is a bit like Franco Well, I just want to say, I felt there was, there was so much things in it rushed anyway, not just the pace. I mean, the fact that you get introduced to these neomorphs and you literally, you, you, you know, you see them spawning, you see them out and about, and then they're killed off very quickly. And then it's same with the alien. 
I mean, everything sort of sped up. And mm-hmm. and it was just oh oh I mean the, the the gestation period of the alien was was that was something that really bothered me. Yeah. I mean it was <laughs> it was quicker than Alien versus Predator. I know it really that was. was. And, <laughs> and and this was the point where I laughed was when it when it burst out and it did a little pu- uh, pirouette. I was yeah, like, what the what what the fuck. I was like, uh, I mean, what happened to the the normal chest bus burster? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, what 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 is disappointing, and it's interesting that you've all picked up on the sort of pace thing as well. Is 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 the fact that when you think about what a beautifully paced film Alien is, mm. you know, and and really, you know, some could argue that it's quite slow to get started, but it just works so well. And and this, everything not only seemed sort of rushed when they got to the planet, but I, I felt no sense of scale with anything. It, it, everything seemed small. It seemed to me like, you know, they'd only walked a few hundred yards from the lander ship when everything started to go wrong and they got infected. And, and, and the other thing, I, I had a real problem with Prometheus, over and this film didn't seem like much of an improvement to me is you've got characters just making really stupid decisions <laughs> yes and and i think you know which is a real shame particularly when you think about you, you know the arguments that they have in the first alien film about the whole contamination thing and how ripley you, you know, is really sort of holding her ground with all that stuff and yeah. how sort of mature the characters seem. Whereas in this one, I appreciate they were trying to get a sense of chaos, which which the film did very well. But at the same time, you know, I was thinking, God, these people, considering they're supposed to be, you know, 90 years from now or whatever, are really fucking stupid. <laughs> did you feel like that? <laughs> well just a bit i mean the uh the, the the pilot of the lander i mean the way i mean at first she seemed to be quite you know on the ball when she you know she wouldn't let the other woman out of the uh medical bay she was you know she had it contained but then when she went got grabbed the gun ran in there and tried to sort of take it on herself and then slipped on the blood i was like oh for fuck's sake Mm. And I mean, she shot that gun so much. I mean, she destroyed her own ship. I was just like, oh, I was just, well, why, yeah. why did she go get the gun? I mean, at that point, all she yeah. saw was a man. So yeah, I run off and get a gun. So I mean, it, it, it's enormously flawed. I, I think. Mm. Uh, I, I that that being said, I, I did enjoy the scene with the neomorphs in the grass. I thought that was kind of yeah. quite well directed. It's interesting seeing it second time around because the first time I saw it, that going back to what Keith was saying uh, and what you were saying about pacing, there's so much in this film and, and the, the one prior to it, as opposed to Alien. There's just so much they're squeezing in and it's practically got this, the same running time as, as Alien. And there's all these different things going on. It's a lot to squeeze in and, and I just think, think these films need to kind of breathe more. And mm. I, I could have done without that third act of, uh, which is the kind of, riffing off aliens and the alien queen battle where Daniels is on the roof uh, and the aliens caught in the, in the jaws of the crane. I just felt that that whole scene was just ridiculous because 
and she's basically on a rope and she's getting thrown around the the the, the, uh, the, the vessels kind of flying turbulently all around the place completely unbelievable well, uh, yeah she would have been torn in two wouldn't she the best sas guy in the world would would you know, the best soldier in the world would would have a problem be able to just survive being flung around like that let alone fighting an alien as well and i, th- I think it just kind of uh insults your intelligence with those kind of scenes and you know why they're putting it in this because it's spectacle they want mm. a bit of a finale that totally uh, yeah and it's a bit of a shame because uh the strengths of these movies, of these, especially these two, I think, is is the new elements they introduced in the uh, in, in Prometheus. Whether you like the idea of uh, the space jockey being a man in a suit as opposed to an alien form, I, I think we'd all agree that it's not an idea that most fans would have would have wanted to see. But anyway, you go with it because that's what he's done. Um, well, just... let's 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 bring let's let's bring up the point. Let's bring up the elephant in the room. What do you guys think of David being the creator of the alien? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is the problem with prequels, okay? And the trouble is, us guys are sort of fanboys of all this stuff. Um, you know, I guess we kind of we kind of bring it on for ourselves sometimes. But what I always think with prequels in general is. The trouble is the prequels take away the mystery of the of the original film. So they're basically trying to explain everything to, to, to please the fans, to please the fanboys and whatever, trying to explain everything. But as a result, they take away some of the, the, the sparkle and the mystery that was there. And I don't know about you, but like both with Prometheus, with the space jockey, and definitely this film with how the, the, the eggs and the face hugger came to be, my, my the mystery and in, 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 if you like, my own headcanon is a lot more interesting to me than what we've actually ended up with in the movie. I don't know whether you guys think that, but I always find it a tad disappointing. <laughs> well, I mean, he's really fucked it up. I mean, he's mm. fucked the whole series up now because how mm. this this is the thing. How on earth is he going to connect these films now to the original Alien? You know, um, don't you? Time well, there's a third one, isn't there? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> there's a current theory. Uh, and I will, I will cry in the screen if this actually happens. <laughs> so the Covenant is a colony ship, right? Yeah, two two thousand crew, um, uh, embryos in stasis. Well, like there were several thousand eggs in the uh, cargo hold of that derelict ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Egg morphing. Yeah, I've I've heard one theory that the the space jockey is actually uh, David. Yeah, that that's going around as well. Yeah, I, it makes. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for the fact that the derelict in Alien had been there for a long time. I mean, it's this. We're, the we're talking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it. It looks like it's been there for centuries. I mean, the fact that the the space jockey has actually fossilized into the chair. You know, it, it that. Okay, maybe in Prometheus universe that will happen very quickly <laughs> because everything else happens very quickly. I wouldn't put it past him retcon in that. I really wouldn't. Well, it's only supposed to be twenty years later, isn't it, or whatever? In the yes, in the because they, they they've become obsessed now. I notice this is the other difference. They've become obsessed now with with giving everything dates. You know, mm. I mean, the film starts and it tells us 
what date this is happening. Whereas one of the things I liked about Alien in the first place was you knew it was in the future, but you didn't know. They never made a big deal about the actual year that it was set in. I mean, you you could you could look it up. I think if you did sort of freeze frames of some of the the computer screens and stuff, you could get a bit of information on that. But now they're actually putting a, a caption up at the beginning of the film with what year it is. And I think they did the same in um, Prometheus as well, if, if memory serves. She and, mentions uh, it at the end, for sure. Yeah, and they've sort of come like a, obsessed now with, with this whole fitting it in. And, you, you know, obviously there's not a great deal of time now between the end of this movie. We've got another movie to sandwich in and then well, they've it's got Alien, sweat. isn't it? They've got a square block and a round hole. This is the problem mm. they've got. I, uh, Scott said, uh, I only read it uh, yesterday, but in an interview back in March, the, uh, the third film, Awakening, was actually going to be set before Covenant. He's since gone back on that. And, Honestly, uh, I think that was a slip of the tongue. You, you know what he's like with his... Uh, he's no, very quite, rambly. In that interview, yeah, but he's quite specific about it because he, he actually he says that, and then he says, so you'll have... Uh, he says, number one, you have Prometheus. Number two, you have Awakening. Number yeah. three, Covenant. So that's, in his but mind, at that time, it was obviously deliberate. He's, okay. he's now gone back on that. Uh, and something else I read that, he, that he'd apparently said was that um, uh, they decided with this film to make David the creator of the alien, uh, whereas originally it was going to be the engineers. So he's kind of managing the alien franchise like donald trump's managing the white house you know (laughs) he goes right he says up and he moves down nobody really knows what's going on yeah so we actually had a totally different writing team on this one as well didn't we than prometheus it was um is it john logan uh and dante harper based off a story by michael green and jack palgan that's right right yeah so it's a completely different mm-hmm. team to the the last lot, well, which is interesting. There was there was reports after so Prometheus was obviously um, massive amendments to John Spates' script, mm-hmm. which yeah. was that the the pro, I like John Spates' script far more than I like Prometheus, and the same it problem was I have alien prequel wasn't it? Mm, the same problem I have with that script is the same problem I have with Covenant. Should have just got rid of the alien and focused on the um, the new creatures. Yes, but that's beside uh, that's beside the point. Sorry. Um, so somewhere along the line, all this changes, and we get Prometheus, and we get David. David is the standout star. So after Prometheus is done, Lindelof legs it, um, and Fox don't know where to go with this thing. And now there, there was reports that they were taking pictures from pretty much anyone trying to find a direction for this. Um, which you can you can feel you can feel when you, you you know you're watching these things that they don't really know where they're going. And the feeling I get from Covenant and from what I know from behind the scenes stuff as well is that David uh, Ridley wants to play with David. That's what he's interested in. He's interested in this android character. It is a great character, but yeah, definitely. He didn't go and do Blade Runner two as opposed mm. to Alien, you know, because so much of the emphasis has been on. On the, on the David character, and for all the, uh, all the all the things we've you know we've mentioned that we 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 didn't like about this movie, I think there are some real positive points as well. I mean, I think the performances are particularly strong. Some of the acting, I think, is fantastic. I think uh, 
you know, Daniels was good and Fassbender, I think, um, was brilliant in this movie given uh, the, the script that he had to work with in, in many places. And I think there's some really good scenes as well, like the scene between Walter and David with Flute, I think, was a really good scene. And, and it was directed in a nice way as well. Mm. Um, so, so I think, you know, in some of the set pieces, like I said, I didn't like the third act, the alien uh and i didn't like the alien on the mothership either it was all the alien stuff as aaron said earlier i, I kind of kind of made me cringe to, to be honest and even in some places i thought that the cg was was quite weak but i think there are parts of the film which are which are quite strong yeah i mean the introduction of the neomorphs especially the the backburster was was very strong but then it, it fell into the prometheus trap of well there's no one set way of these things coming out so one guy gets it through the back and the other one just throws it up. And it's just like, I think that annoys me just the fact that, that, you know, if you set up a creature and it's, you know, it's sort of birthing cycle and stuff, don't change it. Mm. I mean, I mean, it would have been great to see the guy tear his clothes off and see this thing come out of its back instead of him just go. It's like, Jesus, you know, it's, I know what you mean because yeah. in Aliens, particularly, there's the you know, Cameron sets really strong ground rules uh, regarding the the life cycle, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you understand that fairly quickly. It's established fairly quickly, and and then um, it just all makes sense. You don't really question it. Um, this is a, a lot looser, say the least. Oh, so, big so. time! I mean, I mean, when you look at the first film, you know, forgetting the whole Queen thing that that, that Cameron set up in in Aliens, but when you look at the first film. You know, it's like the space hugger jumps on on Kane and there's like, you know, almost, you know, a whole when they try and get that off. It's almost like a whole day or at least an evening or whatever passes before the the the, the face hugger comes off. And yeah. then, you know, they're going to have a meal and everything in a chest burst. And then again, it's hours later before it's a full grown alien, whereas all that happens in this film sort of on camera. In, in the matter of about four minutes or whatever. Well, and you're like, really? <laughs> and I was holding my head. I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> was another thing that annoyed the hell out of me was that the, the guy who got the face hugger on his face and then it was taken off immediately still had an embryo implanted. I mean, these yeah. things are, are amazing. They are so, so quick. Yeah. So really annoyed in, me. Uh, in Billy Credit's face, it was literally a, a matter of minutes, it seemed like, while yeah. David throwing stones at him and it couldn't have been much longer because somebody would have come looking for him i would have thought yeah uh, but and also the chest burster was like a mini alien like a full-grown mini rather than the sort of you know i mean i know it's kind of laughable now although i still think it's wonderful that the chest burster kind of moved along like it was on skates literally you know when it when it flew off the table and stuff but but in this one, they had that sort of CGI thing, like you said, that almost did a pirouette or whatever. But it, but it looked like a sort of mini alien warrior rather than a chest burster as such. And yeah, it's I, again, I was a bit confused by that. I was like, mm, that's not what I remember as, it being. <laughs> as much as it irritated me that it was such a deviation from what we knew, uh, I have to admit, I really liked how creepy I thought it looked. You know, the whole. Um, see-through translucent aspect of it and it's all weird proportions i thought that was pretty cool even though i sat there going that's not what they fucking look like it was a lovely <laughs> effect and i think there was uh the neomorph that after he's killed uh i can't remember her name uh one of the one of the girls 
uh, David goes face to face and, he, and yeah. he's talking about breathing on a horse. And that effect there with that Neonorf, I thought it was a it was a masterful effect, really beautiful mm. effect. And I, I thought, thought the sorry, I was gonna say I thought the Neomorphs, um all the adult ones looked really good. The CG on them looked really uh, really nice. Whereas the alien, you could noticeably tell it was CG. Yeah. Even though there might have been a couple of shots that looked great, you know, the towards yeah, the end were, when were it well, that one where he's where he's on the roof uh, of uh, Tennessee's you know, piloting the the lander and he's on the roof that yeah. was nice but yeah it, it didn't work all around and not every shot was 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 as good as that yeah, yeah. also we lost the shot of the alien uh running along the corridor you know sort of doing an alien's kind of you know jumping yeah the, the the red corridor yeah that was a shame to see that one go yeah we got we got we got alien vision instead which again was crap well, well again it's new yeah. isn't it yeah, it, it takes away the mystique. I mean, do you need that shot? Isn't it better just no. because uh, Fincher did something similar, but it wasn't actually Alien Vision in Alien Three, but it, it gave you that kind of feel, mm. which I thought was a lot more powerful. Yes, yeah, I, I was thinking that. I thought, that, you know, Alien Three did it, even though it was, you know, it was put in there as maybe as a crutch, really, because they couldn't animate the uh, alien that fast. So to have that sort of point of view or a shop following the people as it's chasing it, you know, works a lot better. But it was, yeah. Don't you think on a technical level that's almost as cheap as the way they did it in Covenant? I mean, what, literally just a fisheye lens and Covenant, you've got like a Photoshop filter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so, I'm, I'm, so... I'm actually, I'm going to say this. I bet you it was more expensive to do the Photoshop filter. I bet you they spent hours working on that. I bet somebody got paid a lot, well, uh, then again, saying that the the state of special uh, CGI effects and how much these guys get paid, probably not. But um, it wasn't. A you see, you see, I I I really sort of dislike the fact that we get. I, as I said, I know Fincher kind of did it in three to an extent, but I, I kind of hate the fact that we even get uh, an alien point of view of anything because again. When you look at what Ridley did in the first film and what Cameron did in, in Aliens, you, you know, we were, we were with the human characters and, you know, the, the, the aliens were always the threat from the outside. We were never kind of in the first person with the with the aliens. And, and, and you know, to, to me, it just feels a bit out of place, um, to be honest. But, but the, the thing that this whole thing suffers from and it's interesting because, you, you know, I like my commentaries and on Prometheus, there's a very interesting writer's commentary, which has its part recorded by the original writer and part by um, Damon Lindoff. Yeah. And it, it's so interesting when you actually listen to what they say, because it, it's almost like they're trying to correct themselves now, because that original script was definitely an alien um prequel script with aliens in it and they tried to move away from that and have all these other you know parasites and creatures and stuff and now this whole thing about david you know spending 11 years or whatever the gap is experimenting on them to, to sort of get to where we've got to with the with the egg and the face hugger it, it really does sound like, you know, oh, crap, we, you know, we've got to course correct this now and get it back to where we end up at the beginning of Alien. And 
to me, it, it, it just reeks of that. It just feels really forced and 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 not satisfying from 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 a fan point of view. At least, at least for me, anyway, it just just feels a bit. Um, I don't know, a bit convenient. I can't quite describe it. It's, it doesn't quite work for me, I have to say. <laughs> it seemed like the only criticism that Fox took from Prometheus was so far down on the list of problems with Prometheus, but it seemed like the easiest to deal with, and that was it wasn't alien. I mean, that seems to be what they took from that and went forward with the next one. People hated that it didn't have an obvious alien. Fucking throw it in Covenant, that'll fix it all. It seemed very cheap to me in, in that regards, you know. While there was stuff to like in Prometheus, that was the least of its problems. And mm. I, I think Covenant sort of fixed some of the other issues with that. I mean, I think the characters were a lot more uh, relatable. I think their sort of banter and... I won't say it was as good as Alien, because obviously it wasn't, but their sort of overlapping dialogue and their sort of dynamics um, were a lot more Alien-like than they were Prometheus-like. Um, so you know it, it wasn't as bad as Prometheus but when their main focus seems to be this was the issue we'll fix it that's when you you know that's when we get this really rushed um, third act because Scott's Scott's wants to play with David but Fox is telling him he's got to use aliens and he's sort of cramming Prometheus and alien together and yeah. that's when you know you get this really rushed third act I think why we get the shit alien life cycle in it because he doesn't have the time or he doesn't want to take the time to build it up I think in the rush to get to alien you are missing out on a lot of uh, things that could have been taken forward from Prometheus I mean we we, we don't really see engineers in the film for instance a lot of those questions that are thrown up uh, by Shaw in in Prometheus and are not even attempted to be answered really oh no they're they're just wiped out completely and it's such a shame because, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the engineers, if you want to call them that, that we do see on, on this planet when when the ship arrives there with, with David before the bombing, uh, you get some uh, glimpses of, of the people in the crowd and they look different than the engineers. And, you know, they're quite pink and yet the engineers are anemic white. They're kind of translucent white. And, and you know, why do they look different? It would be nice to have an answer. Maybe it's because they're genetically engineered because they're soldiers or, or whatever. But it would have been nice to have had, uh, you know, just some of those things fleshed out a bit more. But no, instead, you've got a race to the roof to fight the alien. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if their different appearance was to save down costs on makeup effects. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, it's a real shame because Prometheus. That, that scene when the spaceship arrives on that planet... And this huge vehicle comes out to meet the uh, meet the spaceship, uh, meet the derelicts, um, or whatever you want to call it, the juggernaut. All of that stuff looks great, and it would have been nice to see a little bit more of that civilization. And it's, it's skipped over really briefly mm. when the Covenant crew actually arrive at that place, and they see all these charred bodies everywhere. I don't know. It, it just seemed it didn't ring quite true to me because if you saw that, you would be like, what? what the hell is this? You know, what, yeah. what's going on? And there's none of that. It's just they're straight to David's place. Nobody's asking any of the questions that really you'd, mm. you'd be asking. No, and it felt really small, didn't it? To me, to me, that, that was supposed to be something that was epic scale, yet the way it was actually handled made it feel like it was on a, like it was on a back set to me. It, it just felt really 
I don't know, the, the sense of scale wasn't there for that stuff, I, no. I felt. And, and the other the other thing with David is what I didn't quite get. And again, I, I hadn't sort of revisited Prometheus before watching this. So I, I, I may have I may have missed something in the gap. But correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end of Prometheus, didn't David get like sort of the knowledge of the universe or 2000 years of knowledge or, or something from the architects at the end? Didn't didn't he gain that or something? And, and if he did. My, my question was, well, why did he just spend the last decade then, you know, doing sort of perverse experiments to create this perfect organism? Um, I don't know. It, it just, it, I, I, again, his motivations as an android, as an artificial life form, I, just, I wasn't really sure. Suddenly he sort of became I Mr. Think they, Evil and it didn't sort of seem quite right to me. I, I don't know but uh, maybe I, they, I missed something in, in the three years in between or something. <laughs> it's just not fleshed out enough, Keith. I mm. mean, they do uh, allude to that when David's talking to Walter and, uh, you know, he he, uh, he cites a verse being from Byron and it's actually should be attributed to Shelley. And, uh, and, and Walter says that, you know, if there's one note off in the, uh, or in the symphony, then it's it's no good. So you know, David is this kind of flawed AI uh, who is a psychopath, basically. And um, but yeah, it's not. I mean, it's all skipped over very quickly. All of this stuff. That, mm. that that's one of the major problems with it. I think. Well, I have one question which was never answered by the film, and I don't think you guys can answer it. But what was what was with the corn? <laughs> I I assume that was just foreshadowing to there being a presence of somebody on the planet. Yeah, I just think that's because there's a civilization there, or there was, i.e. the engineers. That was just a, a farm. Now, the thing is that the, the idea of there being like, you know, corn, which is a, a human thing. I mean, I guess they were trying to make out that maybe Shaw was alive. But then when you think about it, I mean, David didn't really need to eat, did he? I mean, I don't think androids eat, do they? No, but I think the corn was there because the uh, a civilization was there. And the corn just happens to be left over after the black goo or whatever you want to call it has kind of, you know, killed all the uh, the animal populations. Yeah, but I, well, it, yeah, they didn't kill off the plant life. But yeah, it just it just seems weird that there was this uh, field of corn, and the way that they it, the film was portraying it was that that there had been that Shaw had survived. And that 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 this sort of uh, corn, she was growing this corn so that she could, you know, make bread and live. But um, it, it didn't it didn't ring true. It didn't ring true that it would be for the the, the engineers would grow it. And the fact that it was just this one little field of corn. Yeah, I don't know. Again, again, the whole um, I did sort of have a bit of an issue with the fact that they all just kind of, you know, went out and explored and and very quickly you know, that, that guy got infected mm. and it, yeah, it just all sort of, I don't know, it all just kind of, I, I sat there. I mean, it's interesting to hear that you guys were, were also sort of dissatisfied, dissatisfied with it as well, because, um, I, uh, I felt that way. I was, if I'm honest, I was, my reaction was disappointment. Um, and, you know, I thought after Prometheus, you know, I couldn't be dis more disappointed and, and uh, you know, that yeah. this was going to be on the right track. But I, I still just feel that it was, you know, it was entertaining to a point. And I think it was 
you know, as Ridley's films always are, it was incredibly well made. I mean, you know, it looked beautiful and was nicely shot and all of that sort of thing. But um, it just, it just for me missed the mark. And I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get there, but I mean, don't even get me started about the obvious twist ending. Oh, yeah. I, I thought anybody that yeah. would spot that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I spotted it straight away and it was, <laughs> it was, Why did they it was have just to make it so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It was such an insult. But they just it, did it, didn't they? Well, the, well, the film's so full of, you know, stereotypes and tropes that the moment you knew that there was two androids in there, then, you know, it, it was it was coming a mile off. And the Which fact is, he I, cut his hair, you yeah. know, that was convinced. Because I sort of thought, oh, you know, they've let his, his, his mm. blonde, you know, Lawrence of Arabia hair has actually sort of grown out over the 10 years. And he had that sort of long hair too. But then he went and cut it and you sort of thought, oh, yeah, well, we know why he's doing that, don't we? Yeah, but nobody <laughs> asked a question. Nobody else said, oh, you've cut your hair. I mean, because he yeah. looks exactly like the other guy as soon as he's cut his hair. So uh, well, uh, at that point, you know, a plan's afoot. To some degree, I mean, how, how many films, and, and, and probably you guys, I mean, I would, if you're on your own for 10 years and then suddenly people said anything, I mean, there's so many tells pretty much throughout the moment we meet david and it also doesn't help that the audience is ahead of him is ahead of the crew so you know those moments when he's like hmm you've got all those colonists on there how interesting you know you know something's happening and then uh, later on with him not regenerating his his wounds like walter does and him displaying emotions where during the whole tracking of of um the alien and Daniels and everything, you know, the visible relief. And it's such a shame with us. It's brilliant. You know, the um, Catherine Waterston and Daniels, you know, when she realises in that cryo tube, I thought that was a fucking fantastic moment. I really loved that bleak ending yeah, and how she played that. Yeah. I mean, that that I, I didn't like the way it was made. It was dumbed down and made too obvious that it was really David. And, you know, they, they, they could have played that smarter. Um, but, yeah, I like that ending and with her in a crash oh, yeah. then and then you know the music of the gods into Valhalla as he goes and puts the uh face other embryos into stasis i thought that was that was really not nice. i, I love the way the film opened and uh you know especially the first third and uh and i, and I thought the ending w- was pretty good as well yeah i i thought the dark ending the bleak you know ending as you put it was 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 great i love that and and a great setup for where it's going i just wished it hadn't been so obvious that was yeah. my problem yeah. i was like yeah. god well i i i i have to disagree because that i came when when i saw the the embryos the face i got embryos and stuff like that my heart absolutely fucking sank because it's just like oh my god you know ah oh, you know it's like really this is they really fucking this up i i, I was just <laughs> like I, that was that was the thing i when when you know when the credits came up i was just sitting there going well, where the hell are they going to go with this? Because there's a car. Anywhere. <sighs> well, it looks like Oregon 6 might turn out to be LV426. I mean, it's possible. You've got 2,000 colonists, as someone mentioned earlier. Isn't LV426 supposed to be in the same system as the, the one that was in Prometheus? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be LV426. I mean, they say they mapped it and they say there was, um, you know, lakes and stuff on it. I can't, I can't see it going that way, but with, with how closed off they seem to be making the universe, I can understand why people might feel like it 
well, is just, going to be. You never know. They, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. You know, they're, uh, they're a colony with terraforming equipment, and, you know, so I hope that isn't the case. I really hope not, because that would... Uh, well, timeline-wise, they're far too early to be Hadley's Hope or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we we got the cr- the long cryo sleep, the fifty eight years or whatever it is. Of, well, it's only seven seven Rip- years Ripley, in the film. We? Yeah. So it's 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 like I'm thinking more know, of uh, colonists as eggs on that derelict, but maybe maybe there's enough. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, or if it got diverted somewhere and they ended up being the the cargo. As much as I'd hate it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, what's, in, what's interesting is, is Alien versus Predator has always been sort of by fans universally hated because you know it's kind of um messed up the continuity and messed up the timeline and all this sort of thing but to be perfectly honest for me the these films aren't doing any better at all at it but in that right you know what i mean well like... i mean this is this is the thing this film has done i mean it's because the thing about the xenomorph was that they were an evolution through nature you know this is this was like a like the perfect organism that you know it developed over god knows how many years and then this film comes along and says no actually it was made by an android over 10 years you know because he was bored or something or he just wanted to make the the perfect organism so it it, suddenly it's not an alien anymore is it yeah it literally takes yeah now, as much as I'm not a big fan of Alien versus Predator, at least they didn't do that. At least yeah. they, they they still made the alien an alien, something that was that came from nature. I mean, the fact that the predators were using it as sports, you know, that these creatures were out there and that you know they were able to sort of you know capture a queen or get the eggs. Yeah. Um, and this, it's this, this, it's really taken a big old shit over the other alien films. It has in that regard because, yeah. as you say, you know, it's not really an alien anymore. What it is is an artificially sort of uh, genetically engineered, designed organism by an AI now, which comes from Earth. And uh, but of course, the, the space jockey originally was an alien as well. Yeah. So now they're both not aliens. And getting back to what Keith was saying about sense of scale, it all makes this universe that was created in the first couple of mo- in the first movie, you know, uh, it all feels a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, suddenly it's all created by Wayland Industries, whereas in in, in the first two Alien films, it's about Wayland in Utani or whatever wanting to get this alien because of, of of you know the potential of it. Whereas now it's kind of well if you track it back it's sort of come from you guys anyway <laughs> it's sort yeah. of like o- ownership right yeah exactly it's like we've, it, we've it, it is such a shame isn't it but i guess that that goes back to right back to prometheus and, and the decision that scott made to actually uh you know to, to originate where these uh creatures came from and as i said earlier, i think it's a decision that most fans and all of us i think would be in agreement that i think it was a mistake basically. But you know, if you go if you go with what, and you just have to, if you want to enjoy the films, you just have to go with what he's, he's given us. And uh, so I guess in that sense, I, I I kind of try and look on the bright side. And I must say, like on the second viewing, I did enjoy it a lot more. I came away first viewing feeling like uh, like you, Keith Simon, really disappointed. When I saw it second time, I think I just uh, 
I I notice the positives more, and, and so yeah. that's why I enjoyed it more. Well, so, uh, well, to be frank with you, I ain't gonna watch this again. Huh. And if anything, I'm probably going to skip the third one. I think I'm going to treat these like I treat the Star Wars prequels. They don't exist. No, seriously, <laughs> because he's done a George Lucas. He's f- he has a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he, no, he's I, 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 he's done uh, Medichlorians. Hmm. It's yeah. the exact same sort of situation, isn't it? I mean, um, Lucas was one part of a machine that made Star Wars so great. And then when it came to the prequels, everybody's telling him to go and do his own thing. So he loses that creative, you know, sort of environment that he had before. And it's the exact same thing with Scott. You know, um, people have a tendency to pick out one name when really what made Alien so great was the effort of everybody. You know, it was the conflict. It was the conflict of um, O'Bannon and and Guyler and Hill bragging out this script until, you know... It, yeah, it was wrong it was, to sit and all those yeah. guys yeah because yeah. mm. all those ideas were really smart you know weren't they and you know you and want it, we, we sort of you know we want and we're deserving of uh, a more intelligent movie or at least the execution the problem out. is scott isn't a isn't a storyteller is it isn't a native storyteller it can it can paint pretty pictures and by god he paints pretty pictures but he i think he has four influence over the narrative itself especially yeah. this yeah. franchise yeah. because yeah. when he's got a strip like uh the martian uh, the yeah. martian i mean look at that or gladiator when he's got a strong script it's when the script is there i think we'd all agree that the script is weak with this this film when yeah the no definitely there, then he makes a brilliant film and and that is the heart of the problem again i think when he's brought onto a project that the, the projects are much better than when when they are, you know, when it originates from himself or that he has a, a, a massive hand in the writing of it. Because he, he is also a very, he's an ideas guy. I mean, did you guys see the documentary for Legend when the writer was talking about working with Scott, where they were talking about Jack? And at one point, Scott got to the point where he wanted the guy to be green. He's like a green man. And it's like, you want, you want Jack to be green? And I think if there aren't those voices that saying that sounds really stupid, but is at that point in his career where people won't tell him that? Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the dude's a fucking legend. Nobody's and nobody's gonna say no to Ridley Scott anymore. I mean, you can you see it in the Prometheus uh, documentary as well. You see it in uh, Furious Gods mm. uh, at the start of it when the concept artists are talking about you know Scott's ideas, and they start off saying, "Well, we didn't really think." that was the way to go but scott sort of talked us around into it and (laughs) you can you can see that they're just like we couldn't tell him no it was stupid basically yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's such a shame because you know he is one of my childhood heroes and definitely you know like the first two alien movies are amongst you know my my favorite movies of all time but i think you know, this is the problem with prequels. Like I said, you you know, it takes away some mystery. The other thing is the more material you get and, and you know, we all, we all on one hand, you know, crave and strive for more material. But on the other hand, you know, all of the time you are diluting um, the source material. And I have to say, you, you know, I've said this all along for me. You know, I've always been a fan of of the Alien franchise, the sequels, the spin-offs, you know, even the Alien versus Predator stuff, you know, I've wanted to see. But 
with the Alien franchise, apart from the first two movies, which to me are golden, I have real issues with everything else that's come, you know, since it. And, uh, you know, these prequels are no exception. I, I, I am dissatisfied with them, much as I sort of every three years get excited that we're getting a new um, Alien film. You know, I always feel let down, and and the the same applies with the Predator series as well. You know, um, you, you know, love the first film. I actually don't even have a problem with the second film, although loads of people do. But that's yeah, you know, when they did that Predators movie a few years back, I just thought that was absolute shite, and and I was oh. like, really, you know, um, and, and and you know, I'm I'm feeling maybe not quite as strong as that, but I'm I'm, I'm feeling it with these these alien prequels as well then they're, they're not living up to, to to what i'd hope they'd be you know sadly <laughs> i think that's you know just to sort of go back to what you were saying just now and, and a bit earlier you know about prequels and and um mystery is it necessarily a problem that it's a prequel and given explanations or is it the explanation it's given i mean for me whole side of alien and predator you know all the comics all the books and all the games and stuff like that so the thing that really drew me into all that was this question of the space jockey um and you know all the all that sort of law always sort of made it sound like the aliens were some ancient weapon that they devised and you know feeding this sort of lovecraftian ancient cosmic sort of um intention that o'bannon would wanted the the jockey to have in the first place now if the prequels had have done more in that direction you know the the old artificial creation of the space jockey that was made to fight some equally fucking horrendous um other creature would that have been more satisfying or is I already it just like the, the sound of that better? <laughs> <laughs> I think you yeah, should have done the script, man. <laughs> it sounds like some of the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, graphic novels and, and books uh, do, you know, they, they fill in those gaps really well. And yeah, I mean, I, I personally I'm dissatisfied with the direction of the prequels just because it's closing it off so much. I don't mind the concept of a prequel. I mind the way they're going with it. And I can understand sort of why Scott might think it's ingenious to have the alien be a creation of man's creation and then the alien kills man. You know, I, I can understand why you might think that's cool, but it's not what a lot of people have um, think of the alien, I suppose. You know, it's he... Him and Arthur Max on the Prometheus documentary, Giger Aesthetic in Prometheus. I mean, some of the shapes are there, but the, you know, the texture and everything. It's not. It's not Giger's. It's not true Giger. And they talked about it being done deliberately to um, subvert people's expectations. So people went go to watch a fucking Alien prequel about the space jockey, thinking it's going to be full of Giger style, and it's not. They did it on purpose because people expected it. So we get Alien now, and instead of an ancient um you know angel of death he flips it again and makes david the creator you know he's subverting expectations in the wrong way and i think that's that's what's the problem with it he wants to surprise folk but he's just because these ideas have been around forever and people know them and expect them doesn't mean it's a bad thing i mean you could he could have visualized an entire giga landscape he could have envisioned you know visualized swarms of alien fighting equally nightmarish creatures and it'll look great yeah we might have expected it but we might have hoped for it 
and it would have still been good, you know, rather than this closed off 20 year, 30 year. That's well, what, where I get frustrated. What we've got with this latest movie is as a result of his line of thinking is that uh, a movie which is, uh, you know, highly derivative of the other movies, you know, like people running around in corridors trying to shoot aliens and avoiding them and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is a shame because, uh, you know, the creatures as we originally imagined them to be, you know, I think you could have gone in really interesting directions of all of that stuff. And as far as the Giga stuff is concerned, I mean, there's so much source material to draw from. And uh, it would have been really interesting to see those, uh, you know, some of that artwork brought to life. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, this, the uh, subverting expectation, you know, when it's done right is 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 good but when it's when it's not then yeah it's 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 terrible i mean um yeah <laughs> I, I, there's a i won't go there because it's a whole nother podcast but there's a tv show that um i'm into at the moment which is called bates motel which is a sort of prequel to um uh psycho um but again, that that they they've kind of been respectful to the source material, but they've gone in a completely different direction with it, and 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 in a good way, and that's actually worked, I think, you know, rather than just trying to remake what you'd expect. Um, but like you said, with this, yeah, it would have been good to have gone more with the sort of Giga um, creation than, than than necessarily trying to do something different and uh and again you, you know the flip side of that is then they give us stuff that the that the audience want to see which we've seen you know loads of times before which is you know people being chased down a, a space corridor by an alien so it's kind of uh, it's a it's a difficult one to balance i think and and when it's done well it works and when it isn't it's just you know unsatisfactory and uh you know that's how i feel about this really <laughs> well i think what also the problem is is fundamentally they just don't work as either horrors or thrillers they're not scary and that was the thing that was so great about the first alien film and aliens was they were thrilling and they were scary and they were edge of your seat and they threw in all this other stuff as well but it was an ex a scary experience and Prometheus and Alien Covenant, as much as they advertising-wise try to sell these as thrillers and horrors, are missing the mark massively just because just trying to throw in all these other ideas, which should be like subtext or be, you know, not such a major part of these stories. And yeah. that's 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 the, you know, as well as sort of messing around with the, the mythos, the, you know, where these things come from that is its other problem is it's just just not working as a thriller yeah yeah no i i agree i mean you know you know the mythology is one thing and the fact that these films aren't particular aren't, aren't they're more action orientated than than necessarily thriller stroke horror but the the other thing as well and, and i do take the point that you all made earlier that it is definitely an improvement on prometheus but you know, again, characterization, you know, the first two movies um, had fantastic developed multidimensional characters, you know, with good banter and all of that. Both of those first two films had that, in my opinion, 
even though this the characters are definitely better in this than they were in Prometheus, but I still felt they were lacking. You know, some of them were strong, and David is obviously a, in Stroke Walter is 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 very interesting, and you know, Fassie's a great actor and whatever. But I don't know, some of these characters, even though the actors were good, I thought that some of the characters were just making stupid decisions, and you know. I, I I had a real issue with that. I didn't I didn't believe some of these characters. I was like, um, they're not as strong as 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 they used to be written. But I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm becoming an old fart or something. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> the only one I had an issue with was Orem, and that was only when he made that stupid decision to follow David. Other than that, I, I didn't really have an issue with with the character decisions in this. I mean, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm faced with a frigging um, alien. And yes, th- there were some silly little horror elements. You know, Rosie Rosenthal goes off on her own, so of course she gets shot. Um, uh, what's his face? Ben Rigby's character. Um, he needs a piss, so he goes off on his own, and that's when, of course, he gets infected. Um, but dude needs a piss. He can't piss in front of, um, you know, a lady. Um, so, yeah, they, they were stereotype sort of situations. They were trope situations. But the only one that genuinely made me just go, ugh, was Aurum just, you know, being bled blindly, blindly yeah, to his that, death. Yeah. That was a silly scene. And it's a shame because he, he had a really good line before he kind of, before David kind of leads him off to see the eggs where he says, I've seen the face of the devil before. And he kind of alludes to something terrible that's happened in his childhood. A really interesting line and a, quite a nice moment there. And then he just goes off and uh, David sort of leads him down this sort of path to doom. And it doesn't ring true, really. And uh, it, it's just a little, it's just, he's way too gullible at that point. For yeah, sort of yeah was, that was really badly done. I mean, it was like, oh, here's the egg I created. Oh, have a look. It's mm. fine. Oh. At that point, it was getting like Scooby Doo. Yeah, in a, really. In a, in, a, in a few parts of this film, it, it <laughs> goes Scooby Doo. Yeah. Uh, it was literally to feed the exposition and then move us on to the next bit, wasn't it? Really. I mean, it's, it's a shame because you know the, the, these are movies made for the masses now, and that's the so we're kind of uh, losing a lot of um, intelligence from these stories because these are mainstream movies. Made, you know, they're blockbusters made to put bums on seats and. Yeah, that's a good point. This was a 12 certificate, wasn't it? This one was it? A no, it's a 15. It's a 15. Oh, it's a 15, but yes, still, the in America. Right? <laughs> oh, I was going to say the that they're letting their uh, letting it slip on the 12A there, especially the that yeah. backburster. Well, the the originals have been reclassified as 15s, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I think the only one of the original films that actually still holds its 18 rating is Predator 2. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. Mm. And when Alien, the director's cut was released, uh, what was it? O two, O four, O two, somewhere around. Yeah, yeah, that that was a fifteen. Yeah, Yeah, that was a fifteen in the cinema. That's right. Yeah, but but that was because some of the fret was taken out. So to to wrap things up, um, (laughs) um, as as I've said, I'm not looking forward to seeing the next one, and I'll I don't know see how it goes i might read some reviews first and if if, you'll, if you'll, better. Have, you'll have to see otherwise you can't do another podcast can you uh, <laughs> say, you're, you're stronger than me simon i, I will obviously you know i'm such a sucker 
I will go and watch this stuff regardless, you know. That, that's um, the line, isn't it? We will. And we'll just hope that it improves, you know. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, we'll kind of look on the bright side and try and get from it what we can. Uh, and you just have to hope that going into the next one, it's going to, uh, you know, I'm not expect. I mean, I didn't expect this one to, to be great, to be honest, after Prometheus. And, uh, you know, my expectations won't be raised for, for the next one. But, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. I... I didn't hate this. I didn't love it. I I enjoyed it. You know, I despite my mini rant earlier, I I would happily watch it more. I mean, there's there's elements of it I hate, and the the third act really really irritates the shit out of me. Pretty much just the whole treatment of the alien. But up to that, you know, when it's sort of like a Prometheus esque type thing, but without being rambling, I I really dug dug it. You know, I like the cast. I like the characters. I like the dynamics between them. I just wish they hadn't a shoe on the alien in. No, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd probably rate it above Prometheus and Resurrection, uh, below the the initial trilogy. But it wasn't a perfect film by any standards. But it, it didn't f- frustrate me as much as it seemed to have you guys. Well, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of agree with you there. I mean, it, it was, you know, if I said I hated it, that was that that would be a slightly strong. Um, you know it was enjoyable on some levels for what it was but it was also you know a disappointment in areas as well so you know I'm, I'm pretty much in the same camp as you there um uh, I certainly I mean when it comes out on blu-ray um I'm hoping it's going to be a loaded blu-ray with Ridley so. Scott commentary and um you know, shitloads of extras and all that, and I and I'll and I'll definitely get it. You know, I'm sure, and and give it another whirl. But, you know, my initial reaction, as I said, I hadn't spoken to anyone about it at all before this podcast, and it's interesting. Um, you know, I I had hang-ups with the the change to the mythology, um, some of the characters in it, and the the, the ridiculous twist ending, which was was to me just blatantly obvious i was like really you've got to be some sort of form of stupid not to see that one coming you know <laughs> so i just thought it was a little bit weak on those levels but um but you know it had its good points as well some of the action was a lot of fun um you know some of the visuals were very good um and uh you, you know uh, it's, it's just it's just trying to recorrect itself and 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 i'm going to be interested I do want to see the next one because I'm interested to see how they get to Alien. Really am interested and I really hope that they don't fuck it up even more, basically. <laughs> but if we tell him that we all expect it to be, the, you know, David in this pressure suit as the space jockey and, and the eggs to be the Covenant's cargo, maybe he'll subvert our expectations and go somewhere <laughs> different with it. There you go. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, um, uh, what are you up to these days? You're running the AVP website, is that correct? It's uh, Alien vs Predator Galaxy, avpgalaxy.net. Um, going on a good four, nearly 15 years now, that's been running. Wow. Um, yeah, so Does this dedication. mean that you like those movies? No, do, do oh, not okay. take. No, it was. Um... <laughs> I'm only asking. <laughs> Don't take no, the, the, offense, please. I, I'm only asking. <laughs> got to. I've got to. I always feel like I'm being, um, you know, accused of something. Uh, <laughs> after I saw the uh, after I saw the premiere, I got to uh, be involved with the junket, 
um, the press junket afterwards. And I specifically avoided saying the website name when I got to meet Ridley Scott because I know his opinions of the And I'm like, look, we didn't start for the films. We started for the games. It was when it was good that Ah, we started. (laughs) Ah, right. Okay. Yes. Because, of course, all that came before, didn't it? Yes. Interesting. The games, as a concept, I think is it would work. You know, it's pretty much the only crossover I genuinely think could work. Just, you know, when you try and do these films on the cheaps, when you get um, the AVP films, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, uh, Andy, what about yourself? What are you up to these days? Yeah, I'm busy uh, busy working on various things. And uh, yeah, there's a, a new Predator movie coming out as well, I think, Aaron, isn't there soon? Yeah, The Predator. The pre- which is Shane Black has written. Has he written it and directing it? I think he's directing it's, it. He's directing it. It was um, Fred Decker wrote it off a story him and Black did. And okay. I, think, I think they might have... Ref- little bit together but i think it's primarily fred decker's script and when's that out uh, next year next, yeah next okay. july maybe this back i can't remember when they've moved well let's back. just hope it's better than the last film because yeah. god if anything was a major disappointment that was for me i have to say <laughs> could have been far worse predators i was like oh that had so much potential and what do we get <laughs> that, that was another film done on the Jeep, you know. It's it's, it's when they try and yeah, it's really know, it really for what it was. Mm. Yeah. Well, what made me what what annoyed me is they showed other creatures from the same you know planet, stroke species, whatever as 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 the um, predators, and they had you know like normal human red blood as opposed to that sort of translucent blood stuff uh, you know t- that that um aluminous blood thing and i was like well that makes no bloody sense so that annoyed me straight away and then you know you, you land and you you know you've only got so many rounds of ammunition so what am i going to do i'm going to fire at absolutely everything again made no sense at all to me i was like what a stupid film this is <laughs> But, hey, that's a whole other podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, when The Predator comes out, we'll get you guys on and we can then, you know, tell us, say our our thoughts on it. I mean, fingers crossed for it. I mean, Shane Black's a good director and uh, it's it's good to see Fred Decker, you know, doing the screenplay and stuff, so... Yeah, that's that's kind of hopeful, actually, that those guys are involved. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... it's, it's, uh, yeah, we'd we'd love to see another good Predator movie, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what? How would you? Out of ten, how would you rate Alien Covenant? Uh I'd say four out of ten. It, oh. it looks good. Uh, you know, it. It's. I like the new creatures, but it's just. It was rushed. A lot of stupid mistakes. Didn't really get to, you know, it didn't really get to know the characters, and then you just throw in that third act, and it's a big, yeah. There's four out of ten for me. Wow, I'd be probably slightly more generous and and go for a six out of ten. I would say. Just going on my initial feeling from it. I, I was struggling between a six and a seven, mostly because that third act just. It, it it was it was 
it was a shame for me because I up to that point and I came out of the film on a you know a bit of a low being so pissed off with everything they'd done with the alien um but I ultimately went compromised and went for a six and a half yeah you already you, gave it a seven didn't you Andy <laughs> yeah I'll give it a seven and a half that's being really generous but but yeah yeah I mean it's a seven isn't it it's um I'll, I'll give it seven and a half because I enjoyed it a lot more so I enjoyed it the second time round. so I was kind of confused the first time I saw it but um well, there's a there's a book coming out soon, a prequel novel. So hopefully that will fill in some of the gaps in, you know, in between Prometheus. <laughs> hopefully, well, it's Alan Dean Foster's writing it, so he he did oh, okay. the um, well, he did the novels of the other films, yeah, the first three, yeah. yeah. And that's he's a, that's actually encouraging, mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, mate, he, he he tends to kind of flesh things out, and he probably put mm. a bit bit more intelligence into it. Well, he that's, asks questions, uh, so he likes. You know, he, he he likes to give explanations for the questions he has. So I think that that'll work, you know, give it a bit well, more actually, depth. Actually, in terms, you might be able to answer this if you guys know this, in terms of the sort of expanded universe of all of this sort of thing, I've noticed that there's some, uh, some aliens or alien novels that have come out quite recently. Yeah, the time. I'm not sure. Where, where, where are they supposed to sit in terms of... of the timeline of these films are they anything to do or are they completely their own thing mm, the so 2014 i think is when the new one came out so they rebooted the the eu basically with the comics and the books and titan brought out out of the shadows which it sounds hammy it's based in between alien and aliens mm-hmm. and it's um one of those untold stories where ripley's awake in between um so you have this huge looming big red button as how it's going to reset the her memory and stuff. Um, but it had a lot, it was a lot better than it had any right to be. Um, based off that premise alone, you know, how hokey does an, an, an unknown Ripley adventure in the middle of the first two films sound? Just, it just sounds impossible. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so th- th- that was the problem I had with that. You know, you were wondering how she was going to forget all this. So it was like this looming presence over the bug, but the whole thing was, it, it, it was good. Um, okay. The second one they did is a sequel to that, but it's set after, after resurrection. And it is, it is very much sort of re- a reset of the universe. So after resurrection, um, Wayland Utani was sort of got big again with terraforming the planet after the Auriga crashed into Earth and fucked every all the atmosphere up. So they sort of terraformed the planet back to good and they got all better and everything. So it resets it as they're like the big bad corporate presence. And it's sort of set on the same they go to the same planet from the first book. Um the third one is a prequel to Aliens, where it's um basically from the special edition where you see uh, the jordans go and investigate the derelict and it's also about the um the infestation of hadley's hope that was all right apart from it had another shoehorned fox thing in it where there was cloning marines present on the colony which annoyed the <laughs> hell out of me yeah <laughs> yes no, that uh, makes no sense yeah, yeah. i mean okay. They did that a long time ago with Newt's Tale, didn't they? Which was that story taken from yeah. The the, there's there's mm. elements of that that were used in in the um, in the book River of Pain, and then after that they did an AVP trilogy called The Rage Wars, which was a prequel to the second a sequel to the second book, where it was set in the future and 
it it used elements of those like they introduced like a new um sort of alien species and it followed all on from that and it's like this big sort of i always describe it as a soft hard sci-fi so it's hard sci-fi in its concepts but it doesn't go all the way and bore you to tears so it was a soft hard sci-fi very militaristic as well i saw you might be able to answer this, Aaron. In the cinema, there was a trailer for for an audio book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. And because, I, like I say, I, I I didn't see it. Like Keith, I didn't watch anything, and I've not kind of uh, for the last year, I suppose, I've not really been on sites very much. So I'm kind of catch playing catch up with all this. But uh, yeah, what's that about? They did. They've done two. Um, one last year and one this year, both released on Alien Day, and they're based on those novels that uh, just mentioned. So the first one was on out of the shadows and this one that they've just done they actually skipped to the third one so that was the uh, hadley's hope prequel and surprisingly really awesome um i mean they still have the same issues that the novels do so ripley's still in the um in out of shadows and colonial marines are still in river of pain but the overall experience is surprisingly well the the production value seemed to be uh quite high when i saw the uh, the trailer so um Mm. It's a, it's a BBC thing um, with Audible. Say, is, it and, an, is it an audio drama or yeah, somebody full, reading full, or, full full cast audio drama? So oh, I love I mean, those things. I love audio dramas. So they've got a lot of alien um, alumni in it as well. I mean, Colin Salmon, who's in AVP, is in it. Um, Mac McDonald, I think his name is um, Al Simpson from the special edition. He's in both of them as different characters. Oh wow! I'll have to, I'll have to check this out then. Yeah, oh, no, even, I, I, um, I love a good audio drama. Mm. Me, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you. You really are an aficionado on all this stuff by the by the sounds, uh, which <laughs> is great. Um, can I ask then, as a question to all of you? Um, obviously, before Alien Covenant went into production, there was a lot of talk about another. Um, aliens type film being made yeah, uh, you mean alien of, five yeah yeah was it called alien 3. five 2. i don't know but but what whatever hmm. and obviously that that's obviously since got totally canned or whatever because of this but what what were you i mean was that something that you guys had wished had, had got made um did you have any any sort of pre-thoughts on that or do you think it's probably a good thing that it didn't happen because it was going to wreck on some yeah. stuff, wasn't it? I was on the fence about it. I mean, did, somebody on the forums had a nice little slogan about it, where it was like, Neil Blomkamp's Alien 3.2. It would have been good in the 90s. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I, I feel, um, you know, as much as I love Hicks and as much as I love Ripley and I want to see Pulse Rifles, you know, flaring into action again, I, I didn't like the idea of such a massive retcon. I mean, Aliens is the Alien series for all its sci-fi elements. You know, it's fantastic elements. It's always sort of felt very grounded, and the idea of this sort of diverging timeline it just sounded too Marvel to me, too Star Trek. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I, was, I was never keen on it either. I think it'd be interesting to see, but only if it's good. You know, that that's kind of one of my concerns, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, you know, I think there was a time to do it and they went in a different direction. And uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like Blomkamp's work. I think like Cameron, he's got a very good sense of uh, design as far as uh, well, Cameron's very strong on, you know, machinery and, and arms and things like that. And I think Blomkamp's very strong on sort of uh, 
AI and robots, that kind of thing. So I think his take would have would have been interesting, but it. I don't know. I, I never really thought it would get off the ground. And uh, as I understand it, there's uh, various theories going around as, as to why it, it didn't happen and, and, and is always not going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's. Um, I'd love to uh, see him tackle an alien film, just not necessarily Alien 3.2. Simon? Um, well, I mean, I was, tell the truth. I mean, I, apart from District 9, I don't think Neil Blomkamp's made that good a film really i mean elysium was a bit of a disappointment and i haven't really seen chappie but uh i mean i mean the sort of designs we saw was i thought was good i thought you know it would have been nice to see uh sigourney weaver and uh, michael being being reunited and seeing where you know aliens was kind of heading uh but uh, I don't think we'll get to see that now. And uh... That's an interesting point, because if it had been a great success, if they'd made it and it had been a great success, um, then they would have demanded more sequels in that direction, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe where Cameron would have taken Aliens in the first place. So that, that would have been an interesting sort of divergence from, from the timeline that we got. But I guess, uh, alas, we'll, we'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, the alien universe, messed up as it may be now, um, <laughs> it's 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 never really been about sort of time travel and alternate realities and different timelines and all that sort of thing. And you know, that's very much like you said, it's a sort of Star Trek um, uh, type trope. And and yeah, may, maybe it would be a, a big mistake to sort of go there, especially after so so much time as has passed since aliens anyway mm. um but uh but you, you, you know I, I'm, at the same time i'm not so sure that this this prequel route is is has done it any real favors either um you, you know second time round if you include alien versus predator can i say <laughs> something i just had this thought while we we're just talking about this i get the feeling that once ridley scott sort of finished doing these prequels they could quite they could quite easily just go in and remake alien to fit yeah, it will. fit uh, yeah i know yeah. they'll tear it up and start again Good, yeah I, i'm surprised I mean, we've avoided it so long to be honest they've made a feature film of baywatch and chips out out this summer so yeah they'll definitely do it with alien yeah <laughs> <laughs> what and make it a spoof <laughs> Gosh, a parody. but it's I, th- I think that's a given at, at some point you know and um yeah because it's, it's the only way for these films to make any goddamn sense I mean, as Aaron said earlier, the, a lot of the um, uh, expanded universe stories, a lot of, look, I mean, I remember a graphic novel, uh, Alien versus Predator, which would have made a great film. And I think yeah. uh, Briggs did a script, didn't he, Aaron? Briggs? Yeah, he, he did too. I, I, I did. He, I, you know, that would have made a great film, but it, it needed, uh, you know, the budget, the, mm. the budget to do it. And um, I think uh, all of these films, are, you know, they're kind of um, going nowhere, really. And, um, uh, all these ideas have been played out really now and, it, and you know they, they do kind of need a, a new lease of life and it is a shame that maybe some of these uh, later movies didn't take inspiration from some of the uh, sort of expanded universe works if you want to call them that because some of those had really strong ideas you know mm. in, in terms of uh, where you could take the different species and, and all that kind of stuff so but the way they decided to do it I think uh, it, it's kind of played out now or at least it's starting to feel that way yeah 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 it's really starting to feel that way 
Right. We're going to end it there. Yeah. <laughs> because we could talk yeah, about this yeah. all night. But no, uh, we, 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 it comes up on nearly every podcast, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've made up for two podcasts where we haven't mentioned it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah fair enough. So, um, we're going to end in our, our normal fashion. So, uh, Keith, where can we find your work? Uh, okay, if you go to YouTube and put in British Isles, spell E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name, um, there are short films there that I've that I've written, produced and directed that you can look at. Uh, and if you want to see other work that I've done, just put my name into IMDB. And uh, ADC, uh, are you on like Facebook or Twitter? No. No. I, th- well, I, do- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't do Facebook. And um, I'm uh, actually, there's an Alien Encounters page that somebody runs for me on, on Facebook. Uh, I am still on- Richard. But not too much. Yeah, Richard Davin uh, does yeah. that, and Darren Kemp. Um, yeah, you can find me on IMDb, Andrew David Clark, and at newroadfilms.com. And Aaron, uh, where can we find you? Okay, well, you know, I don't have films to my name, unfortunately, but um, you can see my ramblings and uh, news updates on avpgalaxy.net under Alien vs. Predator Galaxy, Twitter as avpgalaxy. So, you know, and you want news, uh, the latest news on Alien and Predator films stuff come to me <laughs> and we should just say aaron i suppose you go by corporal hicks on oh yes yes yeah. i do uh, my, my alias online is corporal hicks but real world name is aaron percival <laughs> Love it. i do corporal have an imdb hicks. page though i will tell you uh, <laughs> that there's only documentaries on there oh uh, okay. well, i'm on your website now actually and Man, there's a lot of info on here. This is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's Thank the you. best alien site on, on the net, without doubt. It really is a fantastic site. Thank you. That is amazing. Yeah. Seriously. And and, and you, so you get involved in a lot of stuff in the community then with yeah. regards to these this film series, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much any, you know, I, I co-run it with somebody, but I'm pretty much like the public face of this. Um, you know, because I'm so gorgeous and I have such a lovely British voice. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I love, I love the series as so. I, I, I get involved with pretty much anything or anybody who wants wants me involved. I will happily come and chat alien and predator nerdness with anybody. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you've you picked the right people here. So. <laughs> I, I I I knew I've listened to several of yours. You know, with um with Charles and some of your Star Trek ones as well. All oh, right. So yes. yes. Well, and uh, yeah, and, and no doubt this year we'll have. Uh, even though we miss May the fourth, we will definitely have more Star Wars stuff coming up as well. Uh, in future months won't we simon yeah yeah <laughs> so, indeed um, well indeed. Uh, uh you can find uh my work at uh, independentrunnings.com uh you can listen to this podcast on itunes stitcher youtube and all good uh, podcast providers um you can follow us on facebook and twitter just search movie heaven movie hell and uh, please leave us a rating and review on itunes or stitcher it really helps so uh it just leaves me to thank uh adc and aaron for uh, coming on thank yeah, you thanks guys thanks for the really invite appreciate it no it's been fun <laughs> yes and uh join us for the next episode of uh, movie heaven movie hell <laughs>